We are still trying to navigate a perfect storm with pandemic, economic uncertainty, racial conflicts, political craziness, firestorms, hurricanes ravaging our country, and the impact goes deep into our lives, both at home and at work. Will we be going back to a normal work environment soon? It's not likely that that's going to be an easy transition or happen soon. And if we continue working from home, we're going to have to give a lot more thought to the work environment and the culture of the organization. What will the virtual and in-person workplace look like? If it's a hybrid, how will we manage to align with the values and culture of the organization? How will we look for work with virtual interviews and use social media to get a clearer idea of the corporate culture before we take a position? Expectations have changed in so many ways. And this week, I'm with Rashonda Green. She's held roles in recruiting, diversity and inclusion, organizational development, and project management. And in this show, she shares her perspective on some fresh ways to look at leadership in this new environment and some tips to network and the hunt for a job that fits the way we want to work going forward. Tune in. I think you're going to find a lot of good in this show. Good morning, Rashonda. Thank you so much for being here. Good morning, Janet. Thank you for having me. And I'm so honored and humbled to be here. Oh, I think we're going to have a wonderful conversation. We've had such great conversations so far. I could hardly wait to have you on the show. Oh, yes. It's going to be like old friends sitting down for tea or coffee or, you know, whatever, whatever's in your cup. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about, gosh, there's so many things going on in the world right now. And, you know, whether you are working for a company that's going to be staying at home and everybody's working remotely still. Some people are starting to go back to work. And frankly, a lot of people are wondering if they're going to have a job and how that's going to work. So, you know, let's let's talk about some of the things that um, you've been experiencing out there in the in the corporate world and in the in the uh, job hunting world. Uh, yeah, so um, I, I really, so I'm just a challenge, right? So when there is um, something that I need to overcome or obstacle, my adrenaline is just in full effect, right? So right now, while, you know, I'm trying to navigate what I call the perfect storm. So we got a global pandemic, we have racial tension, we have massive unemployment, and in the middle of all this, we're human beings that we're trying to live. <laughs> so with that, I see this has um, almost giving myself permission not to be so hard on myself, right? So I was just like, um, so I'm currently um, unemployed and I'm in the job search and a lot of the, you know, recruiters are telling me it's on hold until, you know, we get through the pandemic or you know what, um, you know, we're, we're just going to um, look at like, our new normal and we'll get back to you once we know so you can't even really feel like you have uh, metrics in this space where you're like oh my goodness so i should have a job by now or oh my goodness like what's going on uh with the unemployment you almost have to give yourself permission to say you know what in this day i'm just going to focus on can i upskill myself can i learn and you have to you know start forming your new normal and what your um, re reality is. 
and absolutely with that because otherwise um you're really going to cause yourself unnecessary stress and you're going to be unfair with yourself with the judgment of what should could and would be right you just take it as it comes and 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 you know find a way to have peace with that yes Yes, beating ourselves up because we can't find employment in a time when unemployment is very high. And, you know, even the process of interviewing has completely changed. And I know that, you know, you've been doing some interviewing and I'm, I'm really curious because, gosh, I haven't had a job interview in over 20 years. So... <laughs> It's kind of hard for me to grasp what it's like to do a virtual interview. Uh, you know what? So um, I like to be in control. So this virtual interview is just perfect for me. So I'm in my living room. I have my lighting perfect. I have my snacks and my water there. I didn't have to commute in traffic. I didn't have to get signed in from security. I don't have to sit there and, you know, shuffle my papers in front of people, with my research I did. I actually enjoy the virtual interview. I have three screens up. <laughs> so I'll have my research up, my little Zoom camera. And then in the middle, I'll have my resume. And I just feel so at ease. It works for wow. me. Really I'm impressed. That's that's really that's a great way to look at it because you know people get so stressed going into interviews. There's all that how you feel sitting in the waiting room waiting for the interview and you know going into the room and will the interviewer be on or off or what's it going to be like? So yeah, it's kind of you're right. Owning your space is very smart. Yeah. And then at the top, I have on my little suit jacket and at the bottom I have on jogging pants. Like I can't, you can't write, you can't write this in a script. <laughs> I am sure you're not am, alone in that. <laughs> yeah. So what other kinds of things have you encountered in those virtual, is everybody doing virtual interviews? Are they doing phone? Are they doing it on Zoom? How's that working? Um, so usually like the first interview, sometimes the recruiter would just have you on the phone and sometimes they'll have you uh, virtual. I have not encountered, um, you know, one interview where I had to physically go in the office during COVID. So, you know, with that, that has been um, calming that everyone is really trying to respect social distancing. They're trying to make sure the people are safe. And then on top of that, they're not in the office. Right. And they're. Right. They're like, hey, this is the way that we're operating now. So I think that when companies have that virtual component, you know, throughout the interview process, you're training that new employee on how to engage and embrace your company's new normal, right? Mm. And it strengthens up the, the aptitude and your best practices and how they're going to engage so when you have that throughout the interview process, um, for those who've never worked at home or never, you know, work remotely, then this is good training for them. Yeah, great point. Great point. Because it is really a very different world um, working virtually. And obviously, you know, the person that's interviewing is also wearing a suit jacket and sweatpants. So, you know, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. And I was yeah, actually young. Um, oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. I was just going to say, you know how they used to tell you that when you went in to interview, just imagine the other person is naked. Well, in this case, they just might be. 
Yeah, and that's that's not my business right there, right? I'm just happy that you're comfortable. <laughs> and then we're on two sides of the screen. Uh, but another two is that some companies are not returning to the physical workforce, the workplace until like 2021. Some are going to be, you know, virtual, right? And they're saying, and then some are even giving the employees the option to never return to the workplace. So this is something that we have to prepare for. And, and it's just so interesting how, how everyone processes that. Yes. You know, it's funny because I've worked from home for a very long time and it's my happy place. I like working from home. I'm very comfortable with the tools being remote. And, uh, but I think it's really important that people understand that the way people are working from home right now is not the way that most people used to work from home. You know, you didn't have the family being home. You didn't have the disruption in the culture. Um, It's a lot harder now than it was. Um, And, you know, I know you're used to working from home as well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, it's just a different mindset. And to get into that during crisis, during pandemic and everything else that's going on takes a little bit of personal inner work as well. Yeah, and I and not only will I say that the individual is responsible for that, but I think a good leader would definitely need to take uh, a full assessment of their team's, you know, capabilities and determine what tools, training, and guidance they need to adjust this new normal. So my children are, you know, I have a college graduate and I have a. Um, a college student. So they're completely, you know, independent, right? So for me, I'm completely focused on my job, but I'm talking to people who are homeschooling their children while trying to work and in between meetings and juggling, you know, their, uh, their schedule, they're trying to make sure their kids Zoom is connected and they're trying to make sure that, you know, they're, you know, stopping to make lunch for their children or some are even dropping their children off or picking them up because, right, some Mm. kids are actually in school. So we have to say, you know, okay, let's reset and let's find out the capabilities that each employee on my team needs to be successful, Right. So if they say, hey, I can't log in at nine and I have to log off at five and I need this hour for lunch, you know, between this time to pick up my kid or something like that, then that's how we have to respect their schedules. And that's how Mm. we have to really manage this workflow. Everybody has to have a little, you know, compromise and give and take here because we are trying to make sure everyone is okay. Why? So they can thrive. So they can, you know, be the best and and they can, you know, focus. Right. Right. Yeah. And and it's really important, you know, as a leader, because there's such a disconnect and especially for a lot of managers who are used to being hands on with their team, you know, or being connected with their team. Um, Something that I've been seeing a lot with teams is that, you know, they go, okay, we're, we're going to go to the Slack so we can all stay in touch with each other. But everybody's at home. So they're like, you know, hmm, I don't know how to say this nicely, but they're just chatting because they're bored and they're in this place that they're not comfortable. And so there's so much noise going on in Slack channels right now and, and other tools as well. 
That's definitely true. And, and I think what, um, you know, because people, you know, keep writing articles about Zoom fatigue um, <laughs> and diversity fatigue, right? Uh, so with that, this is the time where those wellness departments are really getting a lot of attention and, and you know, uh, leaders are leaning on them because we want employees to use that um, that workplace counseling and and the subject matter experts that can help you with um you know wellness exercises meditation and breathing and just to have you know um expert to talk to about i am overwhelmed i'm stressed out and you know i need to talk to someone that's not my manager because i don't want this to negatively impact my evaluation right and that is trained to give me some advice because i need help and they need to they need to feel comfortable in having that conversation. So we have to use those tools. Yeah, and I'm finding that a lot as a coach that, you know, it's it's not just individuals coming to me to say, you know, I just really need to figure out how to manage this, but it's also teams. And, you know, when you talk about psychological safety, you know, it's very different again, because if people aren't used to working in a virtual environment, then the culture shifts and people don't realize that the things that they're saying are taken in a different context or in a different way because they're not seeing the faces all the time. Right. So it's even more important that we have, you know, diversity and inclusion and equity training that mm -hmm. isn't, okay, we want you to watch a bunch of faces and see which ones you don't like. Okay, that's a very basic test. But, you know, the, the unconscious bias tests are still important, but then what do we do with that so that people understand how their language, how the way that they operate things um, affects the other people in the organization that all of a sudden they don't see nearly as much or all in the same room. Yeah, and I'm and I'm glad that you, you know, went that direction because then we lean into cultural intelligence, right? So... Mm -hmm intelligence that refers to the skill to relate and work effectively in cultural diverse situations right so an individual possessing cultural intelligence is not just aware of different cultures they're able to effectively work and relate with people across a variety of cultural contexts like um, emotional intelligence and it goes a bit further right so um people with high emotional Intelligence can pick up on emotions and the wants and needs of others, but people with high cultural intelligence, they're attuned to the values, the beliefs, the attitudes, body language, and people of different cultures. And they use that knowledge to help them to relate to others with empathy and understanding. So that's where someone who um, is single and they don't have a spouse or children, then they can try to really talk and understand uh, the perspective of someone that's married with small children and their, um, their focus may be on, you know, other things and they have to juggle more. But we have to come from a lens where we're culturally respecting and empathizing and sympathizing with people that we're putting ourselves in their shoes and we're helping them to understand us so that we can work better together. 
Yeah, we really, really, really need to work on our compassion globally because it's all about, you know, okay, I understand that in my house, you know, there's just three of us in, in my house, but I can be talking to someone whose entire family is living in their house. And, you know, people are sheltering where they can shelter. And it can make things very hectic and tumultuous. And especially if in the house, there's two or three or even four people that are all working virtually. So, you know, we need to have a lot more compassion about silly things like, you know, the kids busting into the to the Zoom room and, you know, <laughs> seeing that on, on film. We're starting to see that television, on news channels, everywhere. And I think it's really for us to realize that there's humanity out there because sometimes we just forget it's all about work and it ain't all about work anymore and and you know what's so um i guess for me it's like an aha moment right because we're human beings we were never created to be rigid robots it, it, it should have never been either black and white. There's always a gray. And right now, I think it's forcing people to embrace that gray area and to really understand that we are dealing with human beings, we're working with human beings, and we have human moments and human situations. And now it's all blurred and we have to deal with it. So what's mm-hmm. our normal? What's our new rules of engagement? And I think that it's up to the leader to really have that conversation, not only with each individual employee, but with their team, so they can set their own new rules of engagement here um, to really process this new place. We can't just use the old, you know, rule book. It's not going to work at all, right? Like you you have to be in the office and clock in by nine. You have to, you know, um, it, do you, maybe you need to work on the weekend for this project or whatever like that. I think all of that is out the door until we have that conversation so that the expectations are clearly defined and discussed and the, and the employee can understand and agree and, you know, have that conversation with their, their leader. Like, you know what, for me, I need this. And for, for this employee, they're going to need that. And together we're going to figure it out. Um, but years ago, I actually... Um, went to a conference, we're talking about role, the results only, you know, work environment where, you know, you can work from anywhere and, you know, the, even your times that you, you know, log in and things like that are flexible. You have some people who do great on the weekend. Some people like to log in early. Some people are great night workers, but in the role, the results only work environment, you do whatever it takes for you to, you know, have that best experience. And yes, you do have to attend, you know, meetings and contribute and on your projects, you have to be on time and attend mandatory, you know, town halls if they're even virtually right now. But there are certain things that are mandatory and everything else is as long as you get the job done, as long as you're communicating, as long as you're responding and we're not, we're not working in a rigid place. And now companies are really adopting that. And it's been around for years. Mm. Mm. And that's really something that we are going to have to just roll with because, yeah, you know, if I have to take my kids to school, I have to take my kids to school and that we're just going to have to work around that. But, you know, I've been working with contractors for many, many years. And so when you work with contractors, you don't get to tell them what time they do, what they're going to do. 
And, you know, as long as they get the job done and, you know, they need to do things, they take different times. I don't care if they work at three o'clock in the morning, not my issue, as long as the job gets done. And I think that's something that we're all going to have to adapt to. But that brings something else to mind. And that's that, you know, when we work from home, there's a few things that we really need to make sure we're taken care of. And the first of those is to decide what boundaries we're going to set around both what happens with work, but also what happens with family and home and life and setting those boundaries so that it's very clear, you know, okay, this is time that I have to be on Zoom. Everybody else in the house knows that. And, you know, we're all respectful of each other. And at the same time, you know, if I need to work late, then I'll take off this morning or however that works in your house. Um, but that flexibility and those setting those boundaries is really important. So I'm talking to a lot of people that are like, well, I, you know, I worked for like 16 hours yesterday and I'm thinking, well, how much of that was productive? Cause that's an issue. And, and, and you know what I think about, I think about having psychological safety um, mm-hmm. and you have to be able to feel safe and comfortable with your manager to say that I worked 16 hours um, yesterday. So today I'm going to, you know, dial in for this one hour mandatory team meeting. Right. And then the the rest of the day. Um, you know, if it's an emergency, I'll keep an eye on my emails, but I'm just going to, um, uh, I'm just going to, you know, take this day off or something like that, or, or somehow kind of balance it. And usually when you're dealing with hourly employees, they really look at the, you know, did I do, you work eight hours today, but when you're dealing with salary employees, there's never an off switch. We're paying mm-hmm because we expect you to be accessible whenever we need you. So those conversations need to be had where, you know, um, I've had managers in the past where they're like, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm really concerned about you burning out. You work so hard. You're always responding, um, whether it's, you know, day, night, weekends or whatever, even on vacation, like I need you to unplug. I need you to disconnect because you're going to burn yourself out. And a manager telling me that it made me feel safe to say, I just wanted you to make sure that I was dependable, that I was the go-to person, that you can trust me. And I feel as though I have your trust with you having the conversation with me to tell me to unplug. So you Mm -hmm. have leaders really make sure they're giving their team that psychological safety and having those conversations like with them, like it's okay, you know, it's okay to unplug. It's okay to respond to me Monday, even if I emailed you Saturday, right? I'm just catching up on work. I didn't expect you to stop the world and reply to me. So that's that trust area where those conversations have to be had. Yeah. And that's, that's a really important point too, that, you know, managers need to be making those things clear You know, just because I'm working in the middle of the night doesn't mean that I expect you to respond. And, you know, I'm I'm hearing that companies are like they do in France, setting up setting up boundaries around that, too. If I send you an email at night, I don't expect you to respond to it until the morning. 
and, you know, letting people know that that's okay. But there's also this flip side of that in that I'm also hearing from people who are, you know, at, at sea level, but they want to, they want to go up a little bit. They want to make sure that those opportunities to move up are still there for them, but they're not as visible to their managers. And so I'm wondering if you have any thoughts on how can I stay visible to my manager, to my supervisor without driving them crazy, but also let them know that, you know, I'm, I'm here and I'm available to do what needs to be done. Yeah. So um, employees, they have so much power, untapped uh, opportunities that, you know, they don't use. So when you have your hopefully weekly or biweekly meetings with your immediate manager, you need to go into that meeting prepared. I would actually draft a document of um, a section of these are the, you know, projects, initiatives, events, and things that I'm working on. This is where they are. Um, these are some ideas that I had about, you know, I read this in the um, employee newsletter, or I heard about this in the town hall, or I was doing research on some industry trends that I think that we can implement. And you actually come uh, to the meeting highlighting and showing not only your capabilities to do your job, but your reach to expand and to be utilized in different areas. And even have the conversation with your manager. Do you have any stretch assignments for me? Um, what areas can I improve on? And when they give you that feedback about areas for you to improve on, when you come back to those weekly or biweekly meetings, then you let them know, thank you for that feedback. I conducted research and I found some free courses and I took the courses and I implemented this in some, you know, initiatives that I executed. Um, you know, what are your thoughts? So when a manager takes the time to give you that feedback, then you process that and you find a way to show them that you are improving in those areas and upskilling and preparing yourself for stretch assignments for that next role. And um, you'll really be, I, I think some people uh, feel like they're there pushing their manager to say, oh, I'm, I'm beyond this role or I'm, I'm bigger than this. No, you're just showing them I can handle my role and I can also handle more, right? Mm -hmm have to ask questions, um, you know, and receive that feedback and implement that feedback they gave you and improve yourself. And then those stretch assignments that you're asking for, they'll say, you know what, I was in an executive meeting and they have this task team that they're, you know, um, creating for this initiative and I volunteered you for it, right? And then in those task teams, then you show that you can be a team player, that you can work outside the scope of your, um, the realm of your job description, and, and then more opportunities will open to you, right? So just feel comfortable in that and, and push the envelope a little bit in a respectful way where your manager can feel comfortable putting you in those challenging environments. I think you'll have a positive outcome if you give a thousand percent and execute in excellence. Mm. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And, and actually showing that you do have the emotional intelligence to do that without driving people crazy and bringing that uh, sense of self forward and just, you know, 
being confident that I know what I'm doing. I'm good at my job. I know my boss trusts me. I can, you know, bring these things forward and be okay with that. Um, I think it's the level of panic that some people are uh, experiencing, you know, that they're just like freaking out about this. How am I going to not get fired? How am I going to not get my promotion if I'm not making a lot of noise? And it's, it's a culture shift for a lot of people to really understand that what they need to do is just take a breath and really think about the situation logically and then make a plan instead of just trying to be the, the loudest person on Zoom every single day. <laughs> I, I agree with you. And, you. and I would be remiss as a diversity and inclusion um, subject matter expert not to highlight the value that business resource groups have. Some people call them employee resource groups, affinity groups, but usually organizations have business resource groups that they encourage employees to join right? You volunteer on a business resource group in some capacity on, you know, marketing, communications, events, um, or logistics, and you learn not only uh, cultural differences in how to value and include diversity and inclusion in your workplace, but you also learn different skills. In the past, I worked with um, assistants who joined a business resource group and they led the communication team and they built their capabilities on uh, written and verbal communication and, and leading others and conflict resolution. And they couldn't really get that um, same experience in their role as an assistant uh, with leadership. And they were able to use that to get promotions and open up other doors of opportunities for them. So I'm encouraging employees to step outside your comfort zone look at those internal opportunities where you can network with others, advance your skill set, and to um, find transferable skills that you can use in the workplace that shows your manager that you're going over and beyond and that you're engaged and you're committed. Yeah, and now really is the perfect time, you know, to do a little bit more education, you know, spend a little bit more time on learning those things. If you do that in affinity groups or you do it in other online groups, you know, we have opportunities here. And especially if someone is looking for work, this is an amazing time to expand your knowledge base and to really grow both as a human, as an individual, and also with whatever it is that you're interested in. Because when jobs come back, there will be new opportunities. So keeping an eye out for that. Yeah. And, and Janet, you actually made a really significant point, right? Because LinkedIn, they have tons of free courses. And then you get the LinkedIn badge um, right on your page. And over 90% of recruiters are using LinkedIn as a way uh, to build a candidate pipeline. So why not showcase that on the social media platform where recruiters are searching for talent? Um, and then there are so many virtual conferences right now that are free of charge because they understand the um, the high unemployment rate and, you know, what's going on right now. So this is the perfect time that conferences that you used to have to, like, physically go to are now virtual. And there um, a lot of the uh, companies are making the conferences free because they understand mm-hmm. 
the unemployment rate is the highest that it's been in in years. Uh, so if you're out there and you're looking, then seeking you'll find because there's definitely a lot of ways that you can empower yourself. So I don't even really look at it as downtime. I look at it as empowerment time, right? Uh, yeah. Is yeah. You, you have to keep your mind clear. So if you have to meditate or or whatever you need to do, exercise more, um, you know, get get your mind right, get clear, get some peace, and um, really make some make a list of, of of gaps and be completely honest with yourself. These are my gaps. If I want to be relevant and um, uh, a candidate that'll stick out, what do I need to do? Where are my gaps, and how can I upscale? Mm-hmm. You make make those changes and things like that, and then and then you know in this time, just um, be preparing for your next opportunity every day. Do something to get yourself closer uh, to be that professional, to be um, that person that you want to be, so that when the opportunity um, is presented to you, that you are holistically ready. And I think that will speak volumes, and it'll come across in that interview. Mm, I love that holistically ready. That's just so important right now because we need to get our heads in the right space too. And, mm-hmm. you know, we need to be, instead of going, okay, I'm unemployed and I don't know when I'm going to get another job and, you know, kind of settling into that difficulty and focusing on the negative part of that, which let's face it is pretty darn huge we can shift to, okay, this is an opportunity for me. And doing that SWOT analysis to really mm-hmm. understand, you know, what are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? What opportunities are out there and what are the threats? Well, we all know what the threats are pretty much, don't we? But it yeah. does give us an opportunity to, you know, go, okay, what what would I like to do? And a lot of people are rethinking mm-hmm. what they want to do when things change. You know, so now's an opportunity. Okay, if I had a perfect world, what would I want to do and how would I get there? And maybe I can start a little education to get closer. And Janet, I think you made a perfect point because, um, you know, over the years, I've had the awesome opportunity to uh, mentor and coach a lot of um, a lot of people. And the hardest thing that people were uh, had a hard time of accepting is to just be open and let the control go, right? So sometimes mm-hmm. an employee and they're like, I don't, I, you know, I, I feel like I've outgrown this role or I've outgrown this company or like, I'm, I'm not sure about what I want to do next. And I said, you really don't have control of a lot of the things that you are talking about, but I just need you to just open up your mind. Take off the name of the company, take off the, the title, right? Take off the, the salary and the grade and everything. Look at the transferable skills. Look at the, the skills that you have now that are transferable to different roles, different departments and different companies, and you'll be more receptive and less rigid, right? Because some people say, I have this degree and I want to work in this field, and this is a department I've always worked in, right? And then you'll at those transferable skills that at another company, it may be called a different department or it's a department that will help you grow and, and, you know, and, and get more skills. So you have to just really be open. If you want change, then you really have to take 
the, the rigid mindset off, take your controls off and just be open and just go out there and give it a chance. Right. Because um, a lot of times you'll say, I learned so much. I would have never thought that I would work in sales, right? Or I've never Mm -hmm. worked in project management or, wow, I had a great experience in diversity and inclusion and I didn't get a degree in that. What, you know, so that's where you just have to just be open and go out there and give it a try and you will amaze yourself. You'll, You'll step outside your comfort zone You'll be really uncomfortable and you have to accept the new normal every day because this is not <laughs> this is not the career or the, the company or the job that you thought, you know, that you would be working at. But it was a great opportunity and you wouldn't change for the world. Mm, I love that. I love that because we really do need to be a lot more open with how we look at what we can do because we can do a whole lot more than we think we can when we're stuck in our little box in those boxes the walls are breaking down so you know we need to start being more creative and allowing ourselves to see different dreams for ourselves because it's possible if we look for it and you know this is a great this is a great time so even though you know like i said earlier we are in a perfect storm it might turn out really well. We can hope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know what, though? I think we have to uh, reset every day to say, what are we thankful for? What are we going to accomplish in this day? And what does success look like for us? Because if you wake up every day and your only goal <laughs> is to you know, get um, get a job or if your only goal is to do as much work as you can possibly do or if your only goal is to get that promotion, then you're going to beat yourself up with these unrealistic expectations. And then you, or if you reset and say, you know what, today I'm going to have a peaceful day. Today I'm going to read an article that's going to expand my knowledge, or I'm going to go to a, um, a free virtual conference uh, to learn about, you know, industry trends, or um, I'm going to network with someone outside of my, you know, um, inner circle so that we can have a conversation and I can learn more about them and expand my knowledge. So you have to create those opportunities where you are setting your goals on things that you control and can obtain, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and Absolutely. with that, then you feel uh, more fulfilled and accomplished because you set goals that you can accomplish without anyone else, right? We can't control if that recruiter calls us back. We can't control if our manager promotes us. We can't control um, a lot of the things that we set goals for. And that creates stress, anxiety, and depression. We have to treat ourselves better. We have to um, be realistic in uh, what what we should expect out of ourselves. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, I mean, if, if you're making those positive steps, if you are educating yourself, if you are getting out of your comfort zone and going to these conferences mm-hmm. online and networking, if you reach out to people, you know, and, and I mean, 
I was really pleased with when you and I first encountered each other was on LinkedIn because you use LinkedIn Mm -hmm. really well. And it's really interesting how you can reach out to areas that you don't really know very well, but you like, you know, what that person's saying and you get engaged in that community, all kinds of opportunities can come from that because people know other people who know other people who might be able to use your services. So, you know, sites like LinkedIn are incredibly valuable and a lot of people think it's just a place to dump your resume, but it's not. So using that more intelligently to network, to be present, to learn is a very powerful thing. And and Janet, I actually created a LinkedIn workshop over 10 years ago. Um, So I am a lifelong learner and I just feel, um, I feel that my, I I was created to empower and uplift and elevate others, right? I don't have to, I have to get paid for it. I don't have to get recognition for it. When I can speak into someone or educate someone or uplift someone, then I just, I I, am just so fulfilled, right? So I'm never really empty because I'm always trying to uplift others. But I just started using LinkedIn. Uh, Not only when I was looking for jobs, I would go out there and I would expand my network. I would read articles. I would find a free webinar or a free training. Uh, I would, you know, just really use it to educate myself. So I started just taking notes about best practices and and employees and other people would come to me and they would say, "Um, your LinkedIn profile looks so good. Like, what did you do? And I started, I said, hey, you got, uh, during my lunchtime, I'll take my lunchtime and I'll kind of take you through a little training. And I started doing that and for years and years and I started just making little notes for them. I said, hey, here's a little guide uh, line of kind of what we discussed. So when you leave, you can actually, you know, apply it. And then Mm -hmm. I was meeting with my manager one day and I said, you know what? I've done about like 20 of these little personal LinkedIn career, you know, coaching sessions. It's not part of my job or anything, but I actually created a training workshop. I pitched it to my manager. He's like, okay, well, you know, you manage the business resource groups, feel free to, you know, do your LinkedIn workshops with your business resource groups. And I started doing that. And then it started opening up to all employees. (laughs) Next thing you know, 10 years later, I was just teaching it internally to the different divisions at the company that I was at. And it was just amazing. Never part of my job description, right? I just kind of put it in the category of over and beyond. And I would um, get more requests from it, right? Uh, And I would customize the workshops based off the attendees. And I really took pride in that. And it's just something that it was called the power of LinkedIn because it's just not about the job. It's about the power that LinkedIn has to inform you, to connect you, and to grow your brand. So I think it's very relevant that you made that point because so many people just only use it when they think they need it. And then it's really not relevant then because you have two connections (laughs) and you can't find any information looking for because you didn't do your due diligence and put the work in to build your network to feed you. Right. Right. I think that's so people listen, take it from Rashonda, take it from me, go look at your LinkedIn profile as though you were a stranger and ask yourself, Mm -hmm. who is this person? And then figure that out because LinkedIn has a lot more power. And I don't work for LinkedIn, but I do love it and I do use it. 
and I don't work for LinkedIn either. (laughs) But I I co-sign with Janet. And Janet, the fact that you reached out to me from LinkedIn, and as soon as she reached out to me, guess what I did, you guys? I checked her LinkedIn profile (laughs) to say, who is this awesome person that just reached out to me with this olive branch that wanted to learn more about me and to invite me to her platform? So, you guys, it's it's powerful. See how simple it is? Gosh, people need to do this more. Rashonda, it's been so fun chatting with you. And I would love for people to, A, find you on LinkedIn. But why don't you let people know how they can connect with you more deeply? So on LinkedIn, I actually customize my page where you can just type in Rashonda. Uh, so it's uh, LinkedIn.com, you know, uh, backslash I am backslash Rashonda Green. And on Twitter, I also customize that page so that you can go to at Rashonda D. Green. Um, And the spelling of my name is R-O-S-H-A-U-N-D-A-G-R-E-E-N. And um, I think that what I want to leave people with, Janet, is to have the courage every day to say yes to new opportunities or new people coming your way or new challenges. Please (laughs) challenge me. Please uh, allow me to learn and thank you. So I'm thanking you, Janet, because I just woke up that day and read your um, email and I said, yes, please. And thank you. And this (laughs) conversation and I I have a new friend now. I've expanded my network and hopefully I empowered someone with this information and this great conversation that we had. Yes, absolutely. And and thank you so much. I will, just to let people know, I will be posting this on the blog at JanetBouts.com, and it will also be pretty much anywhere you get your podcast. So please tune in and then head over to LinkedIn and, and check out Rashonda and uh, grow your network. Thank you so much. Thank you. And check out Janet too. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Mindful Social. It's been so great to see the subscriptions growing and the feedback has really helped me make the show even better. So if you know somebody who needs to be on the show, email me at Janet at JanetFouts.com and please send me feedback there too or post a review on the podcast platform you're listening on. Oh, and do me a favor, share this show on social media or with a friend. Thank you.